Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. The show's outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise, it's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great simulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Dr. Cynthia Collins, her friends, her family, her patients. And we want this to be the best year ever for all our friends and family and loyal listeners worldwide. And that means you. Welcome to Joyce, Barry, and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the Hour to Empower with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into Joyce Barry and Friends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce Barry and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com. Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room, have fun, and chat away. I go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see what is going on in there. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the Coach's Corner, and then you will hear from our wonderful guest today. Folks, every day should be treated like a special day. We wish you the finest of friends, the opulence of opportunities, the magic of miracles, and the happiest of days. May this year be your best year ever. Thank you. 
to our show today, folks. Who's laughing now? Laughter is the best medicine. We've all heard that said. Today, Dr. Cynthia Collins, board-certified specialist oncology nutrition, will offer scientific proof to back this up. You have heard much about the propaganda and conspiracy theories. Now it's time for the truth. Listen, learn, and laugh. And for those of you who want to know who Dr. Collins is, she has over 30 years' experience in the hospice, nutrition, psychology, psychology, and education fields. Her expertise is expansive with years of medical experience in acute, chronic, and terminal illness. Cindy has also focused on wellness, grief, and relationship issues. She works with caretakers, friends, and family. Cindy says there is a difference between fad and popular health programs, and professional care from truly experienced professionals. She examines that difference every day and specializes in providing legitimate care to those in need. Her podcast will illustrate this difference. She is offering this exceptionally unique service through her website, www.creationbalance.com, and today she is offering us her wisdom, her expertise. Cynthia Collins, you always make a difference to me personally and to our show. Welcome. Thank you, Joyce. I feel the same about you and also about being on the show. I absolutely love it. Um, I can't wait to hear from some of our listeners today because the topic today I find is one that gets a lot of conversation going. So I, I hope to hear from everybody, hear your opinion, stop me at any point and let me know we're ready to move from there. But the fact that you said, um, you know, that I do, I do pay a lot of attention to the fad and popular health programs versus what's actually legitimate has always kept me on this um, so-called search for the truth. And that's really what I want to talk about today. Um, The idea that we are always trying to find out what is really true. And the two areas that I chose to focus on One has to do with science, and um, I found some fascinating examples of where science was thought to be correct, but then was proven to be untrue. I find that direction interesting. Years later, there might be more technology or something like that where we realize, you know, what in the world could we have been thinking? We were completely wrong. And the other direction is that there are some people who come up with an idea in science, and especially I I pulled a few examples from medicine today, where they even were met with a lot of derision and a lot of um, um, really just rejected by their peers, rejected by the scientific community, and over time it turned out they were right. And that's kind of where I started thinking, well, who's laughing now? Because there have been some scientists and really brave, persevering people who stuck to an idea to the benefit of so many other people. I've got a couple of great examples of that. And then after that, for those of you who are listening, I'm going to move into this so-called quest for truth or search for truth um, in a little more of a political way, looking at fake news. I I started thinking, what is fake news? Like, I really want to understand. I'm hearing the term, as I'm sure all of you are so often. I think I know what certain people mean by fake news, but I wanted to do just a little research in there and see what um, what some of the experts are saying about the fact that fake news has been around forever. So 
that's what I have to say today. Where, how would you like to get started today? Well, first I want to say, Dr. Collins, there is nothing fake about you. You're the real deal. It is a privilege and pleasure to have you as our special guest as a regular each and every month, and all your shows knock it out of the ballpark. So before we start, folks, I just want to refer you to our official website, Joyce Barry and Friends. Dot com. Type in Dr. Cynthia Collins on the upper right in the search bar on the homepage, and all her shows will come up. Everyone, every mm-hmm. single one is amazing. You are amazing, Dr. Collins. So I'm going to suggest, after careful thought, that the best place to start is at the beginning. <laughs> and that's whatever you choose to start with, Dr. Collins. How unusual. Okay. <laughs> All right, let me start with my favorite example. I think that's the best one. And this one I have is a little bit personal to me because the scientists who I'm going to be speaking about happen to be working at the same university that where I was working also at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. And uh, his name is Dr. Barry Marshall. Dr. Barry Marshall is from Australia. And when he was in Australia, he actually was doing a lot of research trying to show that bacteria could live in the human stomach. Well, maybe some people thought that was already known, but it wasn't. In fact, you know there is only one bacteria that can exist in the human stomach because we have so much acid in our stomach. And just in case you're interested, the name of that bacteria is Helicobacter pylori. So Dr. Barry Marshall was working very hard um, in the lab trying to prove that that bacteria would be in our stomach and, more importantly, that it also would be the cause behind ulcers. Not stress, not environmental toxins, but that that the actual bacteria would be causing it. Well, no one was listening to him. They really were not taking his animal research he had done uh, as being credible or legitimate. So in 1984, July of 1984, He actually infected himself with the bacteria, which is a real no-no in the field of science. You're not supposed to run experiments on yourself. First of all, there's no credibility, no, there's no validity to doing that. But in any case, that's what he did, and he got very sick. But he was able to prove that it was the bacteria existing in his stomach that made him sick and then develop a way of um, getting some antibiotics for that. Well, what's so important about that? is that for centuries it was believed that the stomach was completely sterile. So he was going against all medical thought. However, when he finally kind of got booted out of his own country, to tell you the truth, he landed over in the University of Virginia. I happened to be in the Department of Gastroenterology, and the chief of gastroenterology at the time was from Australia. So naturally here he came, and he extended his research while he was here in the United States. Eventually, he proved that the bacteria lives in the stomach. It causes ulcers, and if it does go untreated, it can cause stomach cancer. And we have a very significant number of patients who come down with stomach cancer every year in this and in other countries. Well, to make a really long story short, there's other very fun details to that example, but to make the long story short, he won the Nobel Prize for Medicine in the year 2005. And he was quoted as saying, everyone was against me, but I knew that I was right. So he absolutely persevered no matter what 
that he knew he was right, and in the end he gets a Nobel, got the Nobel Prize for medicine. I think that's fantastic. It is fantastic. And um, the thing about where you have diverse opinions and fake news and all of that, that shows up on everything, on vitamins, on medication, on surgery. So it's no surprise that even on something you would think is cut and dry as laughter and it's got to be good for you and your immune system, even with that, there is differences in opinion. Absolutely. Um, there now uh, there's so many different fields of science, and a lot laughter is studied in the field of science that would be called behavioral medicine. As soon as you're studying humans and the way they behave, a lot of people feel like the water is very muddy because now it's what you're reporting to feel. You know, like I can't test your blood and find out if it makes you feel better or happier or how much humor or how much joy you're feeling. I can only take that as your self-report. Then I can measure in your blood if your immune system has been boosted from humor. I can see if overall you have less inflammation or let's say you have asthma, maybe you're breathing better. I can measure those things. But it's the things that are difficult to measure that um, makes it so difficult to prove anything with laughter. I've got a great quote here I want to say um, from Arthur Schopenhauer. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of him. He was a great scientist and philosopher. He said an idea, an important idea, must, quote, endure a hostile reception before it's accepted. First, it has to be ridiculed. Second, it has to be violently opposed. And third, it becomes accepted as being self-evident, which I find hilarious. So, in other words, when you have a really good idea and when the truth comes around about your idea, you may go through an incredible um, period of being ridiculed, and it might even get violent. Like people may violently oppose what you're, what you're believing. And we know some of the stories in the past history of, of others even losing their life to the church for things that they were purporting that they didn't believe was true. But after that, the piece I think is most so, so important is that it's human nature once we see, oh, actually you are right, that it is accepted as being self-evident. So it didn't need to be proved. It's so obvious to everyone how evident it is. Here's a really good one that I, I bet a lot of people will relate to. Um, do you wash your hands when you leave the restroom or wash your hands before you eat your food typically? Are you asking me or my audience? I'm asking you. Yeah, you ask Oh, well, you now typically we all know it's the right thing to do. Do we do it 100% okay. of the time, any of us, when we're rushing out or whatever? Maybe not, but maybe a good 98, 99% of the time I know it should be 100 well, for years, for centuries, thousands of years, people did, they had no idea. We take it for granted now. There was a Hungarian physician in Vienna in the mid-19th century. His name is Semelaus. And he actually um, started noting that after himself, as well as some of his medical students, were doing autopsies uh, without washing their hands because they, no one did. Why would they? It was never even thought of to wash their hands. They moved from that ward in the hospital to the maternity ward. And he started to know that some, something must have been getting transferred from the cadavers that they did the autopsies on 
to the pregnant women because they started seeing the disease move from one place to the other. He didn't know what to call it because nobody knew anything about germs back then. So he called them cadaverous particles. These were something, pieces of something coming from the cadaver. And he noticed that once he did ask everyone to start washing their hands, they had a 90% decrease in the cases of this particular fever that everyone was catching. They had a 90% decrease in the fever in just six months. But it was still rejected. Even though they saw that they weren't uh, spreading the illness, the medical community couldn't accept his idea because they couldn't see germs. They didn't know that germs actually existed. Do you know that he was rejected and tortured mentally so badly that he ended up in an insane asylum, and he, he died within two weeks? Wow. Right. So unlike Barry Marshall, How who horrific. held out. Right. Barry Marshall held out, Barry Marshall, and some other scientists I have read have said that if, if Barry Marshall were not the persevering person that he was, you know, we, today we would still be dying from stomach ulcers and from stomach cancer at a much higher rate than we do. But this particular physician back in the 19th century um, couldn't take it, couldn't take the rejection. So those are two examples of correct science. We have a lot of examples of science that turned out to be incorrect, too. There's a terrific book I want to recommend for everyone to read called Brilliant Blunders. It's a book by Mario Livio, and it's a book about the fact that there's so many blunders made in science and medicine and experiments. You, you would never know it because you only get to hear about the things that turned out to be correct. But so many scientists make blunder after blunder after blunder. In fact, sometimes they blunder, and then maybe another 50 years later, there's new technology, and then they can advance their blunder and make it correct. Yeah, I remember quotes like uh, 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 with electricity that uh, I had to do it a thousand times wrong so before I got to the one that was right. And each time he would say to himself, that's one less time to do it wrong, and that's the right yeah. attitude and the right spirit to keep going. I think of Einstein and, and all the uh, charges against him that he was crazy. So the biggest geniuses in the world are very often the very ones that people don't give any credibility to and drive them crazy, as you were saying. It's so true. And, you know, Einstein, when they look back at his work, he had a lot of errors in his, you know, in, in his writings and in his early experiments. And it was funny because it turns out that when he was writing a letter to one of his fellow physicists, he said his, his example or his explanation, rather, of why, you know, scientists even make errors. He, one thing he said was the devil leads him by the nose with the false hypothesis. <laughs> And the second, one of the second explanations he gave was his arguments are erroneous and sloppy. So um, they knew back then, everybody has always known that there are a lot of errors made and that's simply the pathway, you know, to the correct discovery. I have a funny one too, because I think sometimes the reason why good ideas go um, unaccepted is just because of the popularity of things and the culture in the 1750s. Um, there was actually a male, I couldn't find his name, but there was a male who tried to make the umbrella popular. <laughs> so 
before that, only women were using um, umbrellas like a parasol, you know, more of a fashion statement. And so in the 1750s, that was when you first had somebody trying to make it more useful and utilitarian. And this was going on in Britain. And they have all these stories of how he was insulted. People threw trash at him. It was just nobody wanted to have anything to do with the idea of something that's so obviously practical and useful as using an umbrella in the rain. Today, of course, you know, we, we wouldn't think twice about it. But I find it to be very funny, the human nature that we have to reject even obvious good ideas. Um, but before we take hold and before I slip into the second part, it, most scientists are showing us that in the human mind, we're more likely to accept things even accept news that we know is fake. Even when we know the news is fake, we're very, very influenced by that news. So for my second part, uh, when we ever get started on that, I really want to get into a little bit about what fake news is and why we keep, keep accepting it. And I do want to hear that, but before that, I want to share with you folks what is absolutely true, and that is why you should be listening to this show every day. In the words of our other health guru, Beverly Nadler, here's why. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family. They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one internet radio show. And, folks, we do ask you to partner up with us in having that happen. Simply go to Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and friends.com, and you want to click right under my picture. It says follow. Clicking on that will get you an email about every show, every guest, every topic, so you need not miss any extraordinary show. This Friday we're having world-renowned psychic Peter Marks, uh, on our show who will take callers with free on-air mini-readings. And Peter was just written up this week in the Huffington Post, Peter Marks, Huffington Post. Check that out. Uh, so people like that, people like Dr. Collins, you want to know when they're on, you don't want to miss the shows. 
What's so great about that, when you can't be with us when we are live from 11 till noon, you can know that all these shows are archived for your listening pleasure 24-7. You can download them, email them, use the links on Facebook, so do become a loyal follower. Uh, Before I go back to you, Dr. Collins, there's someone patiently waiting, I believe, that might want to say hi to you, ask a question, or make a comment, and that would be David at 305-610. Go ahead, David. You're on the air. Go ahead, David. You are on the air. Okay, I don't know (laughs) why he's not coming in. If it's a technical issue, his phone, last time, three strikes and you're out. David, you are on the air. Okay, I think I have a feeling it's his phone. Uh, I do think that. Uh, Back to you, Dr. Collins. Okay, so maybe we're having a little technical error or something. Okay, well, let's just move on then. Um, Absolutely. So in this idea about, um, you know, my quest for uh, knowing more about why we want to know the truth so much and how it is that we actually are still so influenced by what's called fake news, um, I want to mention another book for any uh, listener who likes to read books. There's a new one out by a professor at Yale University. He's a philosopher. His name is Jay Stanley. And he's written a book called How Propaganda Works. Well, you'd pretty much think everyone knows how propaganda works. I mean, there's been propaganda in different countries for centuries. But he didn't think that the American public was uh, very, didn't, wasn't up to stuff on how propaganda works. So he actually wrote a very interesting, simple book about just how this works. And so the actual definition for fake news is, goes like this. It is considered yellow journalism or propaganda that consists of deliberate misinformation or hoaxes that are spread through some kind of conventional print like newspapers and broadcast news or social media. And um, right now, the popular opinion is the fact that the relevance of fake news has increased in this post-truth politics that we're going through. So what is a post-truth politics, like politics after the truth? What that means is that we're in a political culture where our debate is framed more around appeals to our emotions. And because our our debates are framed more around the appeal to our emotions, they get very disconnected from the actual details or facts. And you will have um, certain things like talking points asserted again and again, and people will begin to ignore the facts. That kind of reminds me of what's going on right now with climate control. So this who's laughing now is something that is start, you're starting to hear many people talk about with climate control and the fact that so many scientists that have been warming us about the earth is warming. They've been warning us about the things that we're doing to the air, the things we're doing to the environment. And a lot of what they're saying is coming true with the melting of the ice cap, the increase in the fires we've been seeing, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, 
this is where um, you'll find a lot of literature if you get into some literature now in the newspapers especially, but if you're listening to the various news channels, this is where you're going to get into a lot of people that are ignoring facts or watch and see that they are appealing to your emotions about things, more to the emotion and more of a heated argument or an emotional argument. That's where fake news is coming from. So this is really where important it's coming for from. our topic today. I, I can't miss this opportunity to say where it's coming from is the base and the home of our president, uh, Donald Trump. And stay tuned, folks. There will be several shows coming up uh, that you want to hear, repeal and replace Trump in the next few weeks. But we never even talked about fake news, or it wasn't even in our realm that we we believe, you know, the credible news media. So the one thing Donald Trump mastered is the art of fake news. Back to you, Dr. Collins. I just couldn't resist. I know, and I'm thank you, and I'm so glad you're doing that show. I think it's so important. And I, in fact, was um, kind of shocked over a year ago when I saw Jay, uh, Jay Stanley's book come out, How Propaganda Works. I figured everyone knew, you know, but apparently, like you said, it wasn't even in our language, wasn't even in our vocabulary until it started to be brought up, and now we're seeing it being revealed to us that there is this thing of fake news and now I find most of the conversations I'm having, even with patients, are about what to believe, what not to believe. How, how can you tell what's true or not? There's even uh, certain websites, for example, there's one called factcheck.org, if anyone's interested. It's F-A-C-T-C-H-E-C-K, just like it sounds, all run together, factcheck.org. And basically they have a section on there, how to spot fake news. Um, and one of the pillars of, of spotting fake news is that it does make it's somebody making an emotional appeal and just repeating certain um, like just repeating certain talking points again and again and again without really addressing the rebuttal. That not, it's not a true debate. Another very interesting term that I saw for the first time myself last weekend is called intellectual humility. And um, intellectual humility, it refers to the time or situation where someone who has intellectual ability actually also has an open mind and will listen to the other side of the story, will stop to hear the facts or the argument of what is being proposed to them. Having intellectual humility allows for better discourse and debate without promoting fake news. So this entire quest for the truth has has become a complicated thing for us, especially currently right now in our society. Not even so much what to believe out of medicine, right, and discoveries, because time is a true test for a lot of those things. But now just in the news we're being told about uh, the state of affairs as well. I wonder if any of our listeners have an opinion. (laughs) Uh, Well, we have listeners here. Uh, They're not in the host queue for whatever reason. Uh, If you want me to go back one more time to David, I'll do that. David, are you there? You're on on the air. David, you're on the air. Are you there? Well, Joyce, can you actually hear me? Now is the first time I could hear you, David, before you were muffled and not coming in at all. Well, it's a technological miracle. 
It is really a pleasure to, to finally speak with you, Joyce. Um, you're, you're very kind. And uh, again, thank you so much for the opportunity. Hi, Cindy. Hi, it's good to hear from you. Um, fake news. I thought of one thing, if I can add this. Everybody's talking about the Russian meddling happening at the uh, general election. I had a thought recently that uh, with the bad guys meddling and what we had going on here, there was a perfect opportunity for them during the primaries that with an extremely targeted effort and with all the knowledge of, let's say you're in Florida, Well, I know how many registered people of this party are in Florida. And then with the help of, uh, you know, our friends at Facebook, you can attach that to an email address and an IP address, things like that. So it was extremely targeted, and it's a closed community. So for months, the bad guys... you have to excuse me for interrupting you. I'm doing several shows on what's going on in the world, in the media, globally, Donald Trump. This isn't the time. We want to know if there's anything in connection to Dr. Collins as a doctor, as a counselor, anything in connection to laughter this show. Of course, that's totally off topic for now, so forgive me. But before uh, I move on to someone else, did you want to share something with Dr. Collins relevant to this show? You're you're right. There's nothing funny about that. Um, I, I can say that, <laughs> yes. that I I was in a, a very dire situation, and Dr. Collins reached out to me personally and in, involved herself in my condition and my situation in such a a wonderful and personal way that it just gave me validation to where what I was thinking, which was I'm going to make it all of a sudden became valid because of her input, where I had, uh, the again, the prognosis was rather dire. It was a cancer prognosis. And uh, if all I did was listen to the Internet or listen to the people or listen to what the middle of the curve was going to be, it would have been rather depressing and uh, hopeless. But Dr. Collins personally involved herself and really spent hours with me uh, uh, time and time again to, to where we came around to a new narrative where at the end of it, I popped out and I'm okay. So I can personally attest to her, uh, her, uh, what can I call it? Uh, Professionalism, her, her, expertise, and experience. How's that? Her, her, her immersion into a patient situation to, to where she, she uh, made it her own. I felt like I wasn't alone. And I, I um, thank you, you so much sharing that. I know how extraordinary she is firsthand as well. Is there anything else you want to say before I give it back to Dr. Collins? Um, the well, the instructions to be able to speak are to press one, and then that makes the connection. So that works. 
Um, so if, if you try to reach somebody and you're, you're reaching out to them, say, hey, hit one on your telephone and you'll connect. Uh, no, actually, David, what's so is the one lets me know you want to speak on the air. Oh, it has okay. absolutely nothing to do with connecting. When I see people on the board, whether they hit the one or not, all I have to do is turn the mic on or off. The one just lets me know you want to speak. Okay. I was, I was like Hillary Clinton at a coffee machine. I was confused. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there's no confusion. Thank you for calling in. There's no confusion uh, in the Dr. Collins camp. So back to you, Dr. Collins. Anything you want to say right here? Yes, two things. One, thank you for ending all of that with a joke because <laughs> see how see how laughter relieves some pressure and brings everything back to the common level that we're all together in the same place. I think that's great. But I also want to speak to another thing that David was mentioning. You know, with certain diagnoses like his, everyone already believes they know the course of events. They know that there's a certain way things are going to go, and that's just the way it is based on predictions, based on percentages, what the science is, what happens to most patients, et cetera. But Every day there's a new patient diagnosed with a new disease who might feel, well, for me, I'd like to make it different. I'd like to push the boundaries on this. I would like to make it so that I have a better chance. I'm going to look as hard as I can to find out what other information there is and who will give me a chance, what new uh, treatment or even just what, you know, what new idea. I might even want to go for a research project if I were diagnosed, that not even a single person has succeeded yet because it's a chance, it's some hope. So in David's case, he's a good example of where, you know, who's laughing now because, honestly, what he was able to do to get himself in front of the correct doctors and into the correct study, but also do by taking responsibility for his own body and his own health has brought him way past the normal predictive uh, statistics in, in living much longer than is ever expected. I have a handful of patients like that right now, and that fits right into today's talk because it's the idea of not just falling right into and believing the things that are told to you, really searching out the truth, whether you're ridiculed for it or not, but searching out the truth. And I say, to thine own self be true, not my own personal quote, but something I believe in, uh, <laughs> because I think of all the people out there, a certain party in particular, and I'm not going off topic again, but we all know how they're selling out on their souls and their truth because they're making politics more about them than about the country. So what is more important than to do soul-searching, be true to yourself, and make a difference in the world in a good way? Okay. So how about another example? Uh, another example in medicine is one that we now take for granted. Um, uh, for we know now that viruses are, are can influence cancer. I think everybody knows that. The newest research, in fact, right now the newest treatment has to do with immunotherapy for cancers, and it's fascinating. And there's so much of it that it's, it's amazing we're offering new hope to so many people. But originally the, um, the scientist who thought of the idea that a virus could actually cause cancer, um, he was put down so badly for it that, it wasn't even accepted again until after 60 years. 
So now we know that 20% of human cancers are coming from um, an infectious etiology, meaning some sort of infection, typically a virus. Well, this, this scientist, his name was Rou, R-O-U-S, he thought that in 1911, but because he was so criticized, he gave up on the idea. He even quit studying oncology for two decades. So it wasn't until 60 years later that it was accepted that viruses can cause cancer. So my point, my reason for pointing that out is who knows how much earlier we might have known and accepted the viral cause of cancer if there hadn't been such a backlash of criticism, if for whatever reason he had been, he had been supported and then enabled to continue his research. He might have had a lot of this information much earlier than we have it now. That's kind of the human condition. We're so um, insecure about accepting new ideas and we hold so tightly to the status quo or to listening to the people who we think are the experts that we might end up even falling into a conspiracy theory like McCarthy. Uh, Dr. McCarthy Collins, immunotherapy, that is relatively new. Can you explain yes. the difference between chemo and immunotherapy and chemotherapy? What is the difference? Well, technically chemo means chemical or drug. So some people will use the term chemotherapy much more broadly than the chemotherapy, for example, an infusion in cancer. But for the public, when we hear chemotherapy, we think about some sort of IV medication given to a cancer patient that then goes through their entire circulation of their body but does target certain tissues and certain organs in order to uh, destroy the cancer cells in those areas. That's chemotherapy. And I know when people hear chemotherapy, they immediately think of side effects because a lot of these chemotherapeutic agents are coming into uh, contact with other parts of the body and they're causing side effects. Immunotherapy is entirely different. You're actually taking specifically the immune cells and you are... Uh, For example, in one type of immunotherapy, you expose those immune cells to a cancer so that antibodies, which would be against that cancer, are built up. And then you put that back into the individual's body, and those antibodies or those uh, new immune cells, you can call them, are able to fight off the cancer. So you're actually using the patient's own cancer and giving them kind of like you, like a vaccine, really. You know, you've taken a polio vaccine or a measles vaccine or a smallpox vaccine. It's basically built on the same premise that we're able to put back into the system the right kinds of cells that will fight off by the immune system, fight off the cancer. Uh, what's interesting, on immunotherapy, I have never seen so many commercials on cancer all day on TV, and they're featuring something called Keytruda, K-E-Y-T-R-U-D-A, which is an immunotherapy. It is so popular, Mm -hmm. mainstream, that it's on TV all the time. Anything you want to share about what you've heard about that therapy? Yes, uh, and I do want to say something else about that, too. Just the other day, um, I was listening to a talk, and they were discussing the fact that we didn't used to advertise any medication on TV. And in some countries, no medications are advertised on TV. So while it might look to us like a certain drug is very mainstream and very popular, that might not be true at all. It just might mean that that pharmaceutical company happens to be making a lot of ads for that drug. 
but in the world of medicine, it may not be that mainstream. So I just want to let the public know that you are happening now to see more and more commercials about medications. So, but it doesn't mean that they're any more popular than they used to be. But Keytruda has been around now for a while. It's out of his experimental phase, and it's used for a number of cancers with a lot of success. Um, there are certain side effects to it where if individuals do get these side effects, they're no, they're no longer uh, able to take the medication, but they're getting more and more success with Keytruda. I don't really want to talk uh, much more specific about no, you know, no, I which just want cancer. To word because only but, yeah. because it is on television so frequently mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. mainstream. But I see what you're saying. It was around, but they didn't publicize it to the degree they're doing now. Right, which brings up the point of exactly today's talk. Well, what's true or better? If I see a drug advertised on TV, should that give it more credibility or validity? You know, that's, it's, I think it's a very confusing picture for patients to now see these things advertised on TV. And why would you advertise it on TV? Because the patient has a lot more influence and power in the circumstance than they realize. If you went to your doctor and said, hey, what about Keytruda? Why aren't I being put on that medication? They would have to address that with you. So yes, we're now seeing more point. and more patients come. Yeah, more and more patients are coming back to the doctor saying, hey, what about this drug? It used to be in the other direction only. That makes total sense. Uh, Dr. Collins, why would there be conspiracy theories over something like laughter? I can't figure that one out. Um, You know, uh, conspiracy theories about laughter, probably because we have conspiracy theories for everything. Um, Anytime it looks like uh, what's happening is not following what we would have predicted it to follow, like we're not in control, somebody else out there must be the one in control, that's when we tend to make conspiracy theories. Um, You know, we still aren't sure about JFK's assassination. Some people don't believe we ever landed on the moon, right? Um, Some people believe that Hitler was still alive and then died years later in Brazil. We can go over and over and over again that. And what happens is a lot of these conspiracy theories can get to the point where they're considered the ridiculous, and that's what brings up laughter. That's where the laughter comes into the picture here, is the fact that we laugh at conspiracy theories because we're so certain it couldn't be true, whereas in the end, things that we have laughed at have turned out to be absolutely true. It's all about the quest for the truth. And... uh... Kudos to those of you who are looking for the quest for the truth and not buying into the fake news and the hoaxes. Uh, Folks, you're listening to Dr. Cynthia Collins, and she's had so many extraordinary shows uh, in our archives. I'm just going to make it easy for you without even going into uh, the – to click on what they are. I'm going to share now. So if you just grab a pen, I will give you the exact date each month, each show. They are all phenomenal shows, all designed to make a difference. 
June 9, these are all 2017, the special role of the caretaker, a great show for caretakers to feel empowered and good about what they do. July 21, motivation to move, all about exercise and how important it is for your health. August 18, why wait, W-E-I-G-H-T, why wait to lose weight. September 26, you're not getting any younger or are you october 30 the color pink and breast cancer awareness and today's show of course who's laughing now so folks i strongly encourage you to check out all those shows they are really wonderful along with dr collins website www.creationbalance.com Dr. Collins, why don't you share what's next month? So next month um, I'm going to give a talk on the topic, Can You Hear Me Now? But I won't really be talking about cellular phones. (laughs) That kind of sounds like I would be. Um, The topic is going to be about um, a little bit broader idea that we may have something to say, There may be something we think people need to hear, and there might be uh, things that people do need to know about or hear in a general sense about their world, about their lives, et cetera. But can they hear you? In other words, waiting for the readiness of when somebody can receive what needs to be heard. On an individual basis, that's so important. If you have someone you really care about, a loved one that you would really like to help, you know, just telling them what you think is not really very useful, finding out what they think they need and then making sure they're able to receive the information so it goes from an individual level all the way to the level of even what we're doing in society. If we really want to be heard about our opinions in society, can anyone really hear us? Are you really talking to the people who can receive what you have to say? So I'm going to sort of expand on that basic topic next time. Can you hear me now? And that's a very important topic. I, for one, I've been a lifetime coach, a coach for decades, success coach. And I know very quickly when I put my heart and soul into making a difference for someone and they just totally tune out. So that's a great topic so you don't waste your breath, your time, your energy on people that choose to stay where they are choose to stay stuck, they're more comfortable in their misery than wanting to get out of it and progress. Uh, Right now we're talking about who's laughing now, so if this doesn't make you laugh, I don't know what will, and that is checking out our official website, JoyceBarry.com, and finding the endorsements, the testimonials from people that I'm sure you've heard of, which I'll share some of my favorites right here, right now, guaranteed to bring a smile to your face. Here they are. Joyce Barry is an outstanding success coach. She is a master coach, the best of the best. Here are just a few of her clients who want to endorse her. Marlon Brando. Hiring Joyce as a coach is an awful you can't refuse. President Bill Clinton, I did not have sex with that woman. I did not have sex with Joyce. She is my coach. Sylvester Stallone, yo, Adrian, Joyce is the best coach, you know. She helped me train for Rocky. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I hired the Joyce-inator because no matter how much I may drive her crazy, I know she'll be back. 
President Ronald Reagan. Well, uh, Joyce, uh, Nancy, and I just love you. There you go again. Win one for the Barry. Elvis Presley. I'm all shook up about hiring Joyce as a coach. I'll get a little less conversation, a little more coaching. Jack Nicholson. If you could handle the truth, you want Joyce as your coach. Johnny Carson. I can hire Joyce as a coach? I did not know that. That is wild. Did you know that, Ed? <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Winning. That's because Joyce is my coach. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Woody Allen. Are you crazy? This whole time I haven't had Joyce Barry as a coach? You kidding me? Hi, Ted Siuba, and I think and grow rich. If you were thinking about hiring Joyce Barry as your coach, just do it, and we'll grow rich together. And even Joyce Barry herself. What do Olympic athletes have that you don't have? A coach. Hire me and have this be your best year ever. If not now, when? I want that gold medal. I want to hire me. Email coachjoyce at AOL.com. That's coachjoyce at AOL.com. And if you send me an email, anything you wish for me to know about the show, about our guest, about the topic, in the subject line, put Dr. Collins. Uh, I always like to know uh, what show prompted someone to write to me. So in the subject line, Coach Joyce at AOL.com, you're going to put Dr. Collins. And then in the text, your name, phone number, best time to reach you if you want a response from me. Anything you'd like to share with us, always interested in referrals, always interested in new sponsors, always interested in your thoughts, your ideas, what you want to share with us. Uh, Dr. Collins, what is it about uh, the conspiracy theory, specifically as it relates to laughter, you're saying to go to factcheck.org. Is there any other way uh, that people could know, hey, this is a conspiracy theory? Well, I think um, one besides the factcheck.org is to look at what the theory is, its plausibility, do some research on your own. You know, there is a thing called Google. But the main thing is if you have the argument being presented to you, in writing or otherwise, mainly with an emotional appeal, think about it again. Because an emotional appeal is the easiest way to get propaganda going, is to appeal to you emotionally rather than with the facts. I would also that say makes for your part, as a yeah, and make, make sure that you engage in intellectual humility yourself as well. Don't be so tight on what you think that you're not humble enough to listen to the other side. Really open it up to see what the real facts are. Absolutely. And, folks, those of you who are getting value with this show, when are you going to put into practice the art of laughing, laughing more, sharing with others? When are you going to get to all of that? Problem is, Many of you are thinking, I will get to it. I know it's important. I'm a very serious, intense person. I will get to that someday. So for those of you who actually believe there is a someday, I wrote this for you. Someday, an original poem by yours truly, Joyce B. 
Barry. I went to my calendar and took a look. I discovered that someday was not in the book. I looked carefully, for someday I did seek, but only Monday through Sunday appeared on each week. I got really confused. This was not funny. I always said someday I'd make very good money. I always said someday I'd get everything done. I always said someday I'd be number one. I always said someday this and someday that. Someday is starting to sound like very old hat. I became very sure that something was wrong. No, someday on my calendar all along. I thought everything I wanted would come to be. It would happen someday. I kept telling me. It was someday. I kept telling you that all our dreams were sure to come true. How shocking to discover that all along, someday was not in the calendar. How could I be so wrong? How could I not know that why I was stuck was that someday would never, ever show up? There wasn't a calendar anywhere, none to be found, that had someday in it, it would never come around. I always knew that if something is going to be, I am totally responsible. It's all up to me. I thought of my goals and made a new list. How exciting to realize that someday did not exist. Now I really know without any doubt that Monday through Sunday is in and someday is out. So I ask you women, I ask you men, I ask myself, if not right now, when? Dr. Collins, what is your parting message? My parting message is keep your eyes wide open and engage in intellectual humility. Very good message indeed. And what is it you want to tell people to get out their B-U-T and B-U-T-T-S and just lighten up? Well, you said it, right? (laughs) Don't take any of it too seriously and lighten up and get a larger perspective for sure. I just want to share something, this whole show on propaganda and those kind of theories. My message is constant repetition does not ever make fake news real news. Constant repetition does not ever make fake news real news. So that is my final message to all of you. And this is my prayer for all of you. May yesterday be the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May today be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities opportunities, creating magical memories, and manifesting marvelous miracles. And 
since we were talking about um, joy and happiness and laughter, I'm just going to take another moment and share another original poem I wrote called I'm Happy. I'm happy, 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 and just why is this so? The people I call friends are a pleasure to know. I love my world of contacts. They are all very cool, always upbeat and positive, very wise, no one a fool. My live radio show and the message it sends is live your best life. Here, Joyce, Barry, and friends, we advise you, we support you to be very healthy. We teach you, we want you to be very wealthy. Join us in a home business. We will give you a choice. Be your own boss. Make money and rejoice. All that we recommend has been put to the test. Each and every one is simply the best. Live your best life as well you should. Listen to Success Coach Joyce. Be happy, be healthy, and feel so good. I love poetry. That always makes me happy. Cindy, as we're closing out here, what makes you especially happy? What makes me especially happy is to see all the new advances and to see all the new hope layered on top of anything that we're discouraged about. Very good. And it makes me happy, Cindy Collins, when you're on our show. You're absolutely wonderful. So, folks, we invite you to sing along with us, dance along with us, and laugh along with us. And you can do that right here, right now, to the Joyce Barry Mash. And, by the way, make someone happy today. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop, I heard a voice. It was the white Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired by her show, and her poetry was just so good, you know. I want to listen to Joyce again and again, as Joyce would say, if not now, when? He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce knows all about having fun. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. She's a coaching sensation for not just me or you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce Barry Mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. (laughs) Have a fantastic day and listen to Joyce Barry and friends.